This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 4, Wealdston 1. And it was, oh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I refuse to say the cliche. It was a game in which the first 50% of it differed radically from the second 50% of it. I'm not going to say the cliche. Wow. Fair play. Uh, Wrexham came back extremely well after a really poor first half. And it was a, a really pleasing result that got us fifth in the table. So the start of the beginning, we made two changes. Reese Hall Johnson, of course, wasn't fit. And that led to a big reshuffle of our defence. Theo Vassell was fit, so he came in and had a run out, not the full 90. Uh, we had to reshuffle, so Vassell went in at left centre-back. Mark Carrington moved from left centre-back to right centre-back. And Tyler French went to right wing back. The other alteration was that Dan Jarvis made way for Elliot Durrell, who's been a sub for the last 10 matches. I was now given a chance to see what he could do. Um, it was a terrible first half by Wrexham. But, as I always say, goals change matches. And there was an incident in the fourth minute, which was all a goal in all but name. And quite frankly, if that had gone in, maybe the first half would have gone differently. Corner, right-hand side. Wrexham started very quickly and we're getting at Wealdston. Record swept the ball in. And the keeper, Harry Eisted, who didn't have the happiest of games, uh, got underneath it, misjudged it. It went over his head. Now, our, my vantage point is pretty similar to the, the camera gantry's vantage point. I thought record had scores because it had gone over him. It looked to be going in. And just to make sure, Kelleher was lunging in at the far post with an open goal right in front of him. I called it as a goal in the commentary and only realised it wasn't when I saw Eisted running with the ball in his hands at the edge of the area to get a quick throw out. And I really wasn't sure what had happened until I looked back at the footage. Basically, Records ball bounced <laughs> after it had landed uh, going over Eisted's head and then bent up, hit the post halfway up Keller is so close to making contact the first time and then somehow it managed to bounce back along the line and again evades Keller who'd lunged forwards and going straight back into the keeper's hands. An amazing mis uh, escape for Wealdston. And Rexham continued to press for a bit. Angus was looking lively and made a good run down the right channel deep into the penalty area but then couldn't release the ball uh, having got about six yards out. Wealdston were pretty good in possession. It's got to be said at this point. They weren't threatening, but they were starting to establish a lot of possession in Wrexham's half. And this is where the game started to get concerning. The midfielders dropping off a little deep. We weren't really engaging with them. We weren't pressing much in their half. It looked deliberate. I'm not saying it was, um, but certainly the, the amount of distance that our strikers allowed their centre-backs when they were passing us about, it looked like we were inviting them to come forward so we could hit them on the break. We were locking a lot of balls over the top, which with Angus and the team now is a legitimate tactic. Um, but we weren't getting a grip on midfield. Their first effort, Wealdston, was from the extremely dangerous Jacob Mandy, who was an excellent player. I mean, remember the goal he scored against us at Wealdston, that screamer. And uh, now he's playing not at left-back, but at right midfield. And he was their best player by distance. And he cut inside after a quarter of an hour and hit a terrific skidding 25-yarder. Uh, Christian Dibble was caught off balance, had no chance of getting to it, and it just skimmed the left post. Still, they weren't creating. 
neither were we. Vassell had a speculative shot from 25 yards, went wide at the left post. Young swept in a good corner into a crowded six-yard box. We looked very threatening from set pieces. And when it was headed clear, record went for a difficult volley on the edge of the area, got underneath it and put it well over the bar. But in the 34th minute, Wilson took the lead. I'm not going to say against a runner player. I think Wilson probably had more possession in the first half, but they certainly hadn't threatened until a corner came in. Uh, Michel Effet, who scored two goals against Wrexham when we met them last time, was unmarked, headed it towards goal. There was a scramble under the bar and Parrish managed to prod the ball home and Wrexham was stunned. And for five or six minutes, I'll be honest, I was a, I was despairing a little bit. I, we just looked in trouble. We, we couldn't create anything. We were struggling to hang on to possession and I was genuinely, genuinely concerned. To be fair, in the last five minutes of the half, we started to get back at them. There's a big chance in the 41st minute, a free kick in midfield. Young swept it over the defence. Kelleher got goal side, fairly close in, and met it with a header. Really good save by Eisted, who managed to make himself big and parry it. Then Tyler French started to get more involved on the right-hand side, getting forwards um, and starting to fulfil the role that Reese Hall Johnson had been doing. He uh, drove down the right-hand side, hitting a cross, which... Corley, well, was it handball or not? Wrexham were absolutely convinced it was. I, I Look to me, I haven't looked at this one, like Corley certainly made contact with his arm. But it looked like it was tucked into his side, so I think probably the ref was right uh, to turn it away. But things continued. Davis did well to, to win a tackle in the first minute of added time and drove in a shot from 20 yards, which is too close to the keeper. And then he had a, a terrific effort in the third minute of added time. Another troubling cross came in from a corner. It was cleared. Davis attacking it 25 yards out, decided to volley. It's a really difficult technique. He got it right. It was a lovely contact. It took a vicious deflection and totally wrong-footed the keeper and went just wide of the left close, close to a goal, but not a goal. And so Wrexham went in a half-time, despite that slight renaissance at the end of the half, uh, not looking good. Whatever was done in those 10 minutes in the changing room, it was time well used. Because Wrexham came out a completely different side in the second half. No particular change of shape, but a change of mentality. Defence, uh, that we were pushing up now, we were pressing, we were hassling Wealdston, and no disrespect to Wealdston, because quite frankly, in both games, they've, they've done, played some really good football, um, and I think they're a, they're a good addition to the National League, because they, they look to attack. But they are a team that's just come up. They are a team who are in poor form and have slid down to the edge of the relegation places, and by pressing them high in their half we started to make them make mistakes we started winning the ball high up in their half and we started to profit and well just to show football is an unpredictable sport at half time i thought we are in serious trouble here nine minutes after the break we were ahead and deserved to be Two minutes after the break, we got the equaliser. Wrexham immediately getting bodies forward. Carrington coming forwards from centre-back. An excellent pass inside the left-back to send French around the back of the defence. He drilled a vicious ball into the goal mouth. I've often said before that when you blast balls into the goal mouth like that, sometimes they look spectacular, but no one's got a chance to get a touch on it. But French knew what he was doing because we had lots of bodies in the box. He slammed it into the six-yard box 
The keeper lunging, got a hand to it and deflected it upwards. Thomas, who once again was making a good run into the six-yard box, did really well. I know it was an open goal about two yards out, but he did really well to adjust his body because he was sliding in and suddenly the ball was rearing up in the air behind him and he managed to adjust and I think it was his chest he got onto it as he was sliding downwards and knocked it into the net. Well done, Kwame Thomas, for a nice piece of of uh, improvisation I reiterate what I've been saying the last few weeks I'm struggling to think of a better six box attacking striker that we've had since you got here Thomas I know it's not how we see him but he does love to attack corners soon afterwards we had a corner which led to a big scramble and ultimately another corner and that one was an absolute beauty young to take it we did our usual routine of packing a six yard box and then what happens, of course, is that our players come back out the six-yard box looking to lose uh, bodies. On this occasion, we packed the six-yard box, and that was that. Having penned Wielson into the six-yard box, record drilled an excellent flat corner to Luke Young on the edge of the area, and he met it typically first time. Lovely right foot finish, drilled into the top right corner. A goal of the season contender, an absolute beauty. A couple of minutes later, Wrexham again causing problems. Dibble with a free kick down the middle. Thomas nodding it down really well on the edge of the area. Durrell heading it towards goal. He had no other option and he was about 18 yards out so it didn't have power and the keeper was able to save to his left. Then it was Angus who suddenly had sparked a life driving down the right-hand channel, coming inside and hitting a shot which the keeper managed to lunge and parry with Thomas typically sliding in behind him waiting for the crumbs. A minute later, Young sweeping the ball into the box from a free kick. Kelleher lunging again, having a goal side of the fence. This time, making very little contact, though, unfortunately for him. And the keeper able to save. Kelleher then, by the way, picked up a mad yellow card. He was furious about it. Um, but, yeah, the rules of the game say the referee was 100% right. The keeper had the ball in his hands after Kelleher's header. Kelleher saw that the keeper was going to release it early. And lunged in with the studs up and knocked the ball away. Now, Gallagher's argument was that the keeper had the ball in his hands and it was in the act of throwing it in the air to kick it. So he, so the ball was in the air so he could make the challenge. But the rules don't allow you to do that. The rules say the ball's in the keeper's control. When the, so big one, when the ball's in the keeper's control, you can't uh, make a challenge. And likewise... Part of the, the, the process of releasing the ball for a kick is also counted as when the ball's in the keeper's control. If a keeper does that, remember Louis Moult's goal at Alfreton, and a, a second player makes no movement towards him and the keeper kicks it off him, it's not a foul. But if a player makes a movement towards him in an attempt to block it, which Kelleher certainly did because he lunged across and tackled him, then it's a yellow card. So the referee was correct. Um, shame for the big man to get a yellow like that, to be honest. Soon afterwards, we got the third goal, which frankly was coming. A long spell of really good passing and movement and pressure from Wrexham. Ending with Angus again bursting down that right channel and dinking a delicious cross at the far post. Kwame Thomas completely unmarked, about three yards out in front of an open goal. Had the easiest goal of his career, just headed it in and Wrexham had some breathing space. We immediately brought Jordan Davis off. Davis had done very well, really working hard in midfield. He'd taken a few knocks, though, and probably was sensible to get Horsfield on. And it felt sensible as well, but a minute later, the game could have changed. Because Steele de Vassell, 71 minutes into his comeback from injury, got sent off. Now, the second yellow, no question, definitely a yellow. 
Was the ref a bit harsh with the first one, though? That's that's my question. The first yellow card he got halfway through the first half. It was a ball over the top, and I don't think he realised that Mondi was running in behind him. He turned and realised the striker was there. Didn't make a challenge, I think he realised he was in danger of committing a foul, but he did collide with Mondi. Uh, was it accidental or was it cute? I, he didn't make any movement towards Mondi with his foot. He, he, he continued his momentum as he turned and collided with him. The referee certainly saw it as a foul. Vassell was absolutely livid with the referee for, for penalising him. And the referee had a yellow card out straight away for the challenge too. I don't know, a little bit harsh perhaps. The second yellow was, was a yellow. Uh, cell tried to join in the attack, punched the pass forwards. When I didn't find his destination, Wielsen had a chance to break him. So 10 yards in Wielsen's half, he decided he had to try and stop the breakaway and grabbed a bunch of the players' shirts and pulled them to the floor. That's a yellow every day of the week. So the first one may be harsh. The second one, a definite yellow. And certainly Vassell knew he was on a yellow already. And so he was off. Not very little protest from Wrexham. And, to be fair, after the red card, Wrexham was still very, very good. Uh, here's a fab fact for you. Uh, in league matches, because there is an exception here, which I'll get to in a second, but in league matches, Dean Keats's records as Wrexham manager when we are down to 10 men, or 9 men, is exceptional, believe it or not. We've had six players sent off in league games under Keats, and we've never let a goal in with less than 11 men on the pitch, and we've scored two. So we've got a... a pretty tasty record there obviously that means that you know the result at the time has never got worse uh, which is quite something really and certainly we played very well um we didn't withdraw into our shell we switched to a back four Kelleher and Carrington the centre-backs with French and record the full-backs then we had three men in midfield and left Thomas and Angus up front although their roles also were to work the flanks when we lost the ball so when we lost it one player would stay up and the player on the side nearest the ball would drop off and join the midfield. It was very disciplined, it was very organised, and it actually led to us being an attacking threat with a man down. Uh, we had an opportunity with a, a cross swung in, Eisted, with a, a rather peculiar punch. Got a lot of height on it, not so much distance. Cross whipping the ball back in, and Thomas rising, couldn't keep his head down, put it over the bar. Then in the 76th minute, we got a goal. And it was terrific work by Angus French. Pumped the ball down the right-hand side. It's got to be said it was horrible defending by Corley, the centre-back, who found himself dragged out to the left-hand side, outside the box. Made a bit of a hash of dealing with the bouncing ball. Didn't even touch it. French would be happy. He gets an assist, I thought. And Angus, who was a nuisance with him, eased him away from the ball and then cut inside and from a very tight angle, slotted it beyond Eisted to make it 4-1. After that, Wealdston did again have possession, probably the, the most possession they had in the second half. They carved out one opportunity, half chance, Mondi with a good cross in, Parrish driving a shot from 15 yards, excellent block by Luke Young who got to him quickly. And it was actually uh, Wrexham still making some opportunities. Uh, nice piece of work uh, after Charles had, had lost the ball, really messy piece of work. Horsfield dinking it over the top, Angus completely on his own in the Wheelstone half, was flagged offside. I've just realised I forgot to check it on the video. I'll tell you, to the naked eye, it looked like a very poor decision. Angus looked to be comfortably onside to me, so he would have been completely in his own, taking on ice did. 
at the other end. Smith at a 25-yard curl, a good contact, that which went just wide of the right post. Wrexham started bringing on their subs. Angus got a well-deserved break with two minutes left for Ponticelli to come on. Rutherford came on for Durrell. And, of course, Rutherford's industry was perfect in this situation, making a three-man midfield and, and chasing absolutely everything. In the third minute of added time, Wrexham, well, nearly, nearly got another. This was so frustrating. Uh, ball coming into the box from record. Thomas rising and planting in a header which took a deflection onto the post, denied his hat-trick, but the chance still wasn't dead. It bounced back out, and he was there six yards out, waiting for it to drop. He hit it, but Eisted came out, made himself big, and made a good block. The ball went out and was swung back in again, and Ponticelli met it with a great header on the penalty spot, which went just wide of the left-hand post. I don't know what I want more. Thomas to get a hat-trick, that would be fantastic, or Ponticelli to get his first goal and finally get that uh, sort of concern off his back. Either way, gutted knife and went in. But hey, I suppose I shouldn't be greedy. Wrexham going at 4-1 winners. When you look at the performance of the players, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, frankly, first half, oh yeah, not great. Second half, tremendous. And credit to them and the coaching staff because that injection of intensity works at half-time. We were really pressing and fighting and, and keeping it all very compact and when we went down to 10 men we looked extremely well organised and threatening going forwards Dibble thought was fine I mean to be honest with you apart from the goal he didn't have all that much really to do the centre-backs again had good games and in the first half they did pretty well as well Carrington uh, again following up from last week was or Tuesday was, was very impressive switch to the right-hand side of the defence Kelleher Again, strong. We had a couple of moments where he missed out on the ball in the second half, and it shows how well he's been playing that I noticed them. <laughs> thought, oh gosh, he's missed that one. That was a shock. Vassell coming back into the team. Okay, he got himself sent off, but he looked straight back up to speed, so that was pleasing. A couple of times his speed was useful as well up against Monty. As for the wing backs, well, French, obviously, as you'd expect, good defensively. For the first 40 minutes, he didn't venture forwards much. Once he went, started going forwards, the game changed. Because he was finding space, he was driving forwards, he was getting into good areas, ended up with two assists. And he had an excellent game, really did, did well. Uh, record as well, very in What's the word I'm looking for? He showed ingenuity. He was ingenious from the corners, especially the one that went in, but he caused problems anyway with his corner delivery. Uh, didn't get up as much as French on the other side, but again, a, a decent game. In the centre of midfield... A young, especially in the second half, I thought, really led uh, the, the press and battled tremendously well. It was a good performance by Young. Likewise, Davis, uh, who's really starting to enjoy the nitty-gritty, I think, of being a central midfielder. Durrell in the first half didn't just couldn't, didn't achieve much. Was His passes weren't working. He had some cute ideas and, and players weren't on the same wavelength as him. But he came into the game in the second half more, uh, started to cause problems four wheels stunt, put a couple of good balls into the box and then up front well angus quiet in the first half terrific in the second half driving down the channels causing all sorts of problems thomas to be fair again great form he's in winning lots of headers causing problems with their defense holding the ball up sniffing around the box getting two goals nearly getting the third thomas the best the man of the match i would argue but it was a a very very pleasing second half performance Wrexham showing character and spirit 
the coaching staff getting things right in terms of fixing things after a disappointing first half. It still begs the question, again, this is a game where that first half was insipid, to say the best, and the second half much better. It's something we need to work address, but you've got to work out what's going wrong first. And I have a theory that it could be that maybe we're not that well suited to trying to have control of a game and move it around. We're better when we're chasing a game, perhaps, but I don't know. Anyway, what the heck? I might as well admit it. It was a game of two halves. With the final score of Wrexham 4, brackets, F-O-U-R, close brackets. Wheelstone 1, I'm Mark Griffiths from the Wrexham AFC media team. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.